Hello everyone, this is Julio Alvarado, your host, here on my all-new God in You podcast. In this episode, what I'm going to be doing is actually something a little bit different than what I normally do. Normally what I do is I, I record a video for my YouTube channel and then I extract the audio. And then the audio file will become the podcast. And then, of course, for those that want to see the slides that I use with the scriptures and all the resources and everything related to the topic that I'm sharing, you, you're, uh, you're welcome to see that through the video link that I normally post on the show notes of my God in You podcast. Well, this time I'm just going to do an audio file today, an audio episode of a topic that I already have a video already recorded on my YouTube channel that has this same title. And today I want to share some knowledge and some perspectives concerning reasons why most churches cannot or will not teach you how to hear and learn from God, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being within his mind and how we can also, of course, experience God as the teaching spirit within our minds. So to begin with, I kind of wanted to uh, preface uh, this episode with some points here uh, concerning my heart and the reason why I'm sharing this episode here today. Uh, I just recently finished a four uh, video and audio series on the concept the biblical concept of discernment and how understanding how to discern the voice of God and discerning the difference between good and evil like God does and how that all plays into the importance of learning how to hear the voice of God within our minds. Well, in this episode, I kind of wanted to add another layer concerning that process in terms of how and even once again, why uh, most churches cannot or will not teach you how to experience or discern God, just like, again, Jesus experienced the voice of God within his mind as a father guiding and a teaching spirit for every facet of his life. So to begin with, I want to uh, begin by sharing with you my heart concerning this. Uh, and that is, number one, I'm not condemning the church at all. If anything, it's an, a very important institution in this world. All I'm doing simply is just uh, sharing another perspective and application of ministry focus that is far more effective than what is traditionally offered in many ministries. I'm very grateful for the 20 year experience that I had um, in my church attendance. Uh, went back uh, roughly 10 years ago when I began uh, my journey of, of disconnecting from the uh, habitual going of having to go to church two to four times a week. Um, it's been roughly 10 years, and I'm very grateful for the 20 years that I had prior to that that uh, actually helped me in numerous ways. Uh, church, uh, attending church, you know, um, uh, the, the best word I can use is rescued. It rescued me in numerous ways, and some of those ways are that, uh, truth be told, that was actually my true origin of spirituality in terms of me actually being an active participant. Prior to that experience, you know, I was born and baptized Catholic according to my family's tradition. Weren't really church-going people. We would go maybe on Christmas and maybe Easter, uh, but we weren't habitual uh, attenders. And I didn't really begin to uh, start going into church uh, until... Uh, uh, beginning with Catholicism back when I was going through uh, one of my uh, drug treatment programs, one of the uh, inpatient programs I had uh, when I was involved and in the halfway house had a Catholic, a Greek Orthodox Catholic church attached to it. So actually that's where my beginning began again to reconnect with spirituality. And then of course I became traditionally born again into um, a denomination or an experience uh, through a United Pentecostal Church. So that was my beginning. And uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And because it was during that time that I was habitually relapsing, I, I went through numerous inpatient programs, uh, was homeless for a while, financially I was broke, uh, was on the verge of going back to jail. Um, you know, I, because of my promiscuous lifestyle, you know, I was prone to, you know, to getting AIDS or some type of sexual disease just because, you know, I was very, uh, loose with my 
uh, my sexual uh, appetite. Um, you know, it was actually within the church that also helped me with uh, my relationship with myself and learning how to uh, love myself again. Uh, and actually, again, I'm not even sure if that's the right term because I don't think that prior to that experience of me going to church, I really had a love for myself because of my, the way my life was, you know, um, very uh, disorganized in numerous ways. And it was also through the church where I met my wife, Yvette, you know, um, and that was once again, one of the most beautiful experiences that happened within the church structure. So the church actually helped me in numerous ways. So what I'm sharing with you today is not coming from what some people would call a church hurt experience, which most people believe happens to people when they leave the traditional church structure. Am I church disappointed? Yes, this is true. Uh, but, you know, as God schooled me when I began my process of disconnecting from the traditional church process, it's not their fault. They can't teach you what they themselves don't know or what they themselves are not experiencing. So, um, you know, when it comes to emotions, I do have uh, the emotions of hurt and sadness, but not against the church. Instead, it's towards them or for them because of the ignorance concerning how iniquity is affecting their ministry. Um, and what I mean by that is that the foundational reason why God established a church is so that people can be taught how to personally connect with him within their minds, um, just like Jesus experienced as a human being. And most churches won't teach you how to experience God in that most intimate and effective way. If anything, they're going to teach you according to their understanding and their knowledge, um, according to, you know, Bible concepts and principles and denominational beliefs and all of that. But most churches won't teach you how to experience the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit. So truth be told, in my journey, church was actually a bridge to get me to where I'm at today. You know, back in the days of Jesus, they had the same problems that exist today in the church. Uh, back then in certain synagogues, due to the removal of what the Jesus referred to as the key of knowledge form of instruction, um, they had issues as well. And for those of you who are familiar with the key of knowledge and what that meant, based off of your own research or the knowledge that I have in my books concerning it or in my videos, what the key of knowledge form of instruction was, was a form of teaching where they would use a sacred text, whether it was the Torah or other sacred ancient texts, and they would couple that teaching with the mental discipline of meditation in order to unlock, that's where the term key comes in this frame, key of knowledge that Jesus used, to unlock the knowledge that God had for that individual's life right within their very own mind. So throughout this journey of me transitioning out of uh, the traditional church structure, one of the things that I've learned is what I refer to as a transformational principle. And I get this uh, transformational principle uh, and what I've learned from the book of Zechariah, specifically in chapter 4, verse 10. And this right here is concerning Zerubbabel's attempt to rebuild the foundation of the temple that was destroyed during that time. And that is, is that we should never despise the day of small beginnings. And for me, Julio, this is exactly what my prior 20-year commitment to my former religious experience was. It was a foundation. It was a small beginning that became the platform and the bridge for me to cross over into a new found way of learning and usage of my mind to rebuild my temple. And by my temple, I mean my body, my spirit, my soul. And in other words, the, the, the entirety of who I am through a deeper understanding of the scriptures and experiencing the spirit of God as a father guiding and a teaching spirit for all facets of my life within my mind. And for those of you, of course, who've been following me for any length of time, you know that that process began for me when I was schooled and encouraged by God to study the mental discipline of meditation as being the primary study means to experience him as this teaching spirit and as this guide and as this fathering spirit for every facet of my life, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being. You know, in John chapter 18, verses 36 and 37, I won't read the totality of the conversation, but Jesus is having a conversation with Pilate and Pontius Pilate. And in this conversation, 
uh, when he was being questioned as to whether or not he was a king, Jesus said it this way, you rightly say that I am a king for this cause I was born. And by the way, every human being is born a king when you understand the origin of what a king is. It's not a, only a male term. A king, the primary function of a king is to be a counselor. And we can talk more about that in a future episode. And I do have some knowledge concerning that, of course, in the resources that I've created in the videos and also primarily in my books, The Mystery of Prayer Reveal and The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Reveal as to why the Bible calls us King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you know why those terms are used in those ways. And so in this reading, he says, for this cause, I come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. And then he says something very interesting that we just read over, but yet it's a very deep statement. And he says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And remember, Jesus was speaking in the place of God. He would make statements, as I hear my father speak, I speak, or as I see my father do, I do likewise. And this is why I refer to Jesus as a father impersonator, an experience that we should also be experiencing as well. We should also be impersonating the father according to his will for our lives. But repeating that, that, that statement he made, he says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now remember, I share with you plenty of times before that truth is the language of God and it's also the belief system of God. And the reason why I say it in that way is because truth from its deepest and most impactful meaning from the Hebraic perspectives are defined when it comes from God speaking or experiencing God as a speaker or a teacher personally within one's own mind. It's the Hebrew words emet spelled E-M-E-T and Emunah, spelled E-M-U-N-A-H. Now, Emmet is simply defined as original information. And from the deeper Hebraic perspective, it's, it's, it's expressed as what nurtures or what feeds an agreement between two parties. So when you're experiencing truth from God, God is nurturing you with information and based off of the covenant that he has with you because you're an offspring or you are an extension of him. And the Bible actually refers to us as gods because of this with a small g. Now, the word imuna, when it comes to the word truth, is actually the same word for faith. In Greek, you'll find the word pistis uh, being used for that. So in other words, when God is speaking to you, he's not just giving you original information, but many a times, and this is something that I'm going to be doing in the next episode I'm recording from my YouTube and my God in You podcast concerning the concept of faith as being one of the most important things that we experience from God. Because when you experience faith from God, what you're experiencing is a truth system and a belief system directly from his mind for some type of facet of your life, which will always include knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Three levels of awareness or consciousness or conversations that God will have with you when you're experiencing God as a teaching spirit. So going back to Jesus' statement, everyone who hears of the truth hears my voice. One translation says it this way, everyone who is on this side of truth, hears my voice. And this is the reason why I bring that up is because most people believe that when a preacher or a teacher teaches that they classify that as truth. And that's not the ultimate form of truth. The ultimate form of truth comes from the mind or from the mouth of God. So when Jesus was making this statement concerning Pilate's conversation, him questioning whether he was king or not, what he was saying was really, I get my all of my knowledge, all of my original information and my belief system, in other words, my faith system directly from an inner source. And this is an experience that we as human beings have the inherent right and ability to experience as well when we understand and when we train our minds to discern the voice of God within it. Now, I explained pretty much everything that I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode in detail when it comes to the reasons why most churches cannot or will not teach you how to hear the voice of God, primarily in two chapters in the, my, my third book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, specifically in chapter 13. That chapter is called The Fivefold Ministry. And then in chapter 14, which is titled The Human Fivefold, 
and the spirit fivefold. And there I show you the difference concerning what the original function or purpose of the human version of the fivefold, really what they're supposed to be doing is teaching you how to experience a fivefold ministry of Christ within you. And I, I break it all down with definitive root word perspectives and how that all plays out primarily in those two chapters and in that book. So let me begin here by giving you the, some of the reasons why most churches cannot teach you how to hear and learn from God. Uh, just like Jesus experienced it within his mind as a human being and how we can also experience it within our minds as human beings as well. And these are not in the order of importance and no specific order. These are just my perspectives and some of the things that I've experienced with God and some of the things I can clearly now see in scripture as to why these things are not happening. So to begin with, uh, one of the primary reasons why they cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God, just like Jesus experienced, is that they get their religion, or in other words, their spiritual training like Paul first got his initially. Paul was taught the scriptures through the acquisition of knowledge that came through his religious instructors. Thus, his spiritual development was limited to the indoctrination that came from human interpretations of scripture. According to his very own words, his religious beliefs and practices came from his Jewish religious education, which was mingled with the tradition of his fathers, which was a reference to his former instructors. And you can see this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, and also in Acts chapter 26, verse 5. This same practice is unfortunately still happening today. Most uh you know, uh, what I refer to as denominational organizations, you'll, what you'll find is in most cases, they're Bible college trained, you know, and I tell the story in my book and also in a prior video where what I did was when I was doing all this research concerning why most ministries don't teach and train people how to hear the voice of God. And then I took that level of, of, of inquisition and questioning to, I uh, was actually interviewing former uh, Bible college graduates from different organizations, specifically, I stay tuned to Rama Bible College student, uh, tr people who have actually, that I know of personally, that actually had graduated from there with their degrees. Uh, some had started ministries, some did not. But I asked the simple questions, primarily two, is what did their curriculum offer that taught people how to experience the kingdom of God within as an inner learning environment? And in 100% of those cases, not one person said that, they, that, that Rhema actually offered that level of training or teaching. Uh, and that was back then. I'm not sure if they offer anything different now. And then the other one was, which was interesting because the word Rhema actually refers to the utterance or hearing the voice of God with, within one's own mind. What did Rhema Bible College offer concerning teaching a person uh, or training a person how to actually hear the voice of God, not just for their ministry, but for every facet of their lives? And again, zero. Uh, there was no kind of curriculum uh, that was included back in their training that taught the student how to hear the voice of God. And I found it interesting because it was called Rama Bible College. You know, if anything, the, the extent of their curriculum or their courses were, you know, how to put, you know, how to get your 5013C, how to put a sermon together, different forms of ministry, you know, whether it was ministry, uh, children's ministry, uh, praise and worship ministry or youth ministry, you know, how to, how to uh, write your bylaws, you know, and all these different external things that most ministries kind of uh, put together as different components of building their ministry. The, the Bible college has pretty much had that. And of course, he had training on the scriptures, you know, in terms of different levels of training, which is interesting too. And we'll talk about that in a future episode, perhaps. But they even trained the student about the history of the scriptures, which included them acquiring knowledge about how the scriptures have been were deviated um, and how through history certain words were added depending on the organization or the founder's view of a certain revelation and all of that. Be it most Bible college pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, or evangelists, whatever you know their title is, they don't talk about that too much. You know, it's kind of like a forgotten thing, but yet that is a huge component of their uh, training in these Bible colleges, but yet they don't talk about that because there is a lot of truth concerning that, that there is a lot of things that have been changed throughout history concerning the scriptures, but yet unfortunately most of them don't focus on that because if they were to do so, it would lead them down a path of understanding that the most important word 
that we can get is the spoken word. Some of the words, the written word, the original purpose and the foundational purpose of the written word, what we call the Bible of the scriptures, is really supposed to be used only as a resource to teach and train the student how to experience rhema, or in other words, the utterance of God for every facet of their lives. But in many of these Bible colleges, again, they don't offer that level of teaching. Another reason why they cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God for your own life, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being, is because of this. They don't believe that the voice of God can be heard today. What they believe or what they do instead is that they replace or they surrogate the scriptures as the voice of God, which is interesting. You know, once in a while you'll hear in their messages or sermons that God speaks and all that stuff. And yet, in my personal experiences, when I've had conversations with these type of organizations, these pastors, they're like, you know, Julio, God doesn't speak. That was for them. You know, the, the way God speaks now is through scriptures, you know, and that's his primary mode of speaking today. So some churches or some ministries do not believe that the voice of God can be heard today, even though they do preach and teach that the voice of God dwells within you that he has all knowledge concerning everything pertaining to your life and everything pertaining to whatever it is that he has knowledge of. And yet for some reason, he's mute. For some reason, he doesn't speak. You know, so for those organizations, of course, they're not going to teach you how to hear the voice of God because they don't believe that it can be experienced. If anything, they're going to teach you scripture. They're going to teach you stories, concepts, and and different uh, perspectives concerning different biblical stories and things like that. So that's another reason why they cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God, because they themselves are not experiencing it. And also, they don't believe that it can happen today, sadly. And unfortunately, that is the case with many ministries today. Now, another main reason that most churches cannot or will not teach you concerning uh, how to hear the voice of God is they have an ignorance concerning Jesus's Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, training as a child and Paul's experience with it after his adult conversions. Uh, this is the reasons why that Paul said, beware lest anyone rob you through philosophy and vain deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Christ. You'll find that in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, because this is what happened to him when his former religious instruction, he was being robbed According and, and the reason why is because he was being caught uh, or taught, I should say, according to the tr their traditions, according to elements of the world, and not according to Christ. And um, according to Christ was would be when Christ Himself is teaching you. In other words, when the Spirit of God is teaching you with within. This was something that He wasn't being taught how to experience, and that most ministries don't teach people if anything. Most. Uh, and I can pick them out just by hearing them. Give me 15, 20 minutes into a message and I can tell whether or not they're going to go down the route of robbing you by teaching you, you know, their organization's philosophy uh, through vain, which is empty of original purpose, deceit concerning the scriptures, um, you know, teaching you again principles and concepts. And some of that stuff may be good and may have some wisdom attached to it in terms of uh, making your life better. It did for me back when I was going through the process, but it all falls under the category of the tradition of, of men and truth be told, according to the elements of this world. And by the elements of the world, I'm referring to using a form of using, uh, in this case, the scriptures, using it as a teaching resource like they do in the world. When you go through any course for any type of course study, they're using an element, which is a book, or some type of teaching resource that was that is part of this world in order to teach you how to experience it. Well, they do the same thing with the scriptures. They use it as an element that is a part of this world to teach you how to experience God in the way they understand it, in the way they experience it, whether it be through revelation of the scripture or through dreams and things like that. But yet the reality, they don't teach you how to experience it according to Christ so that Christ can teach you and give you his interpretation of the scripture and teach you what things that you're learning from others are or do fall under the tradition of men according to the elements of this world or anything else that is not directly related to you experiencing the mind of God for that particular topic. And it's also the reason why Jesus warned that, and this is found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 12, concerning doctrine. In other words, the body of teaching 
when he was talking about, he was warning them that to be aware or beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I've talked about that numerous times in other videos. And in other words, he was warning them to be careful of what they teach you because like leaven you know, causes bread to rise, you know, and that's the purpose of leaven in baking. Leaven is, 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 is a, a uh, uh, it, it influences the bread when you're doing it. In other words, it causes it to, to get bigger, you know, and it's the same thing with doctrines that come from the traditions of men, according to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the organization's perspective is that you're getting taught, and this happened to me, I was getting taught all these philosophical concepts and principles based off the organization's perspective, depending on the organization that I was under. And what it was doing within me was it was causing me to, in terms of my belief structure, to rise like leaven does bread and to be filled with teachings that came from, again, to organizational or man-made perspectives, for lack of a better expression. And this is the reason why you know, leaven is so important when it comes to, you know, what you understanding, what it means. And this is the reason why Jesus was warning them against it. You know, whenever you're hearing from a man like myself or a woman who was a spiritual teacher uh, concerning the scriptures, leaven can very easily be a part of that teaching. If it's not teaching you how to experience the mind of, the, of God within you as a teaching spirit, then all it is is fluff. You know, all it is is just you know, a human's perspective, you know, based off of their understanding. But really, if there is a form of indoctrination that can cause a rising within you, it should call, it should be include them using the scriptures that is coupled with meditation. Remember the key of knowledge. So that what rises within you is an experience when you're actually experiencing the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit. Another reason why they don't believe uh, that they can't teach you uh, to hear the voice of God like Jesus experienced as a human being is because of that. They don't believe in the mental educative process of meditation as being the most intimate and effective way to experience God as Jesus experienced it, according to Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. Remember, this is when the Bible says that he would go morning by morning to hear. That's a Hebrew word, Shema. In other words, to acquire spiritual intelligence as the learn or as one being taught. Unfortunately and sadly, many of them have been conditioned to be afraid of the meditation practice. They don't understand the depth of Proverbs chapter two, verses one through eight that I shared with you in prior videos concerning how the Bible clearly says that even in Old Testament times that knowledge, understanding and wisdom directly from the mouth of God that is experienced within the mind happens within you. And again, this is something that they don't go off into in, in depths. And of course, they're not going to teach you something that they themselves are not experiencing or they, they believe that can be experienced by you. If anything, they always have to be that middleman between you and God. So another reason that is attached to us that they will not teach you or cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God, just like Jesus experienced as a human being, is because they don't understand how meditation is a part of that key of knowledge form of instruction that I mentioned to you before, that Jesus said was missing from certain synagogues of his day, and that is unfortunately still missing from most church ministries today, and how it's connected to one of the most important things and instructions that Jesus gave, which we'll find in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2033, and Luke chapter 17, verse 21 and numerous places throughout some of his teachings related to this, and that is this, to seek first the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God is within you. In other words, what he was instructing them to do was to seek first the educative environment that he himself was experiencing, that he himself was taught as a child to experience, and that environment was within him, and it's also inherently placed within us. So when you read these scriptural references like Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, Luke chapter 11, verse 52, and Luke chapter 17, verse 21, you see the totality of what he is saying here. And of course, most ministries will not teach you how to experience the in-depth knowledge concerning the, 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 the reality of these experiences that this, these verses talk about. And that experience, of course, is experiencing the voice of God within your mind. 
just like Jesus experienced as a human being. You know, one of the statements that I have, one of the quotes that I have in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God, revealed is this, that they who teach about God should first be taught by God. And the reason why I included that quote in there is but I find that if you're truly being taught by God, one of the things, and it makes sense to me now, that God should be teaching you is, if, especially if you have influence concerning spirituality and teaching people Bible concepts and all this other stuff that traditionally you find in traditional fivefold ministries is this, is that God would instruct that person, teach them how to hear from me and learn from me like you're hearing and learning from me. Doesn't it make sense? That, was, that would be something that they would teach. Well, you don't get that. And the reason why is primarily because they're not being taught by God. They're being taught through other means or ways. And in some places, surrogating the, or replacing the experience by claiming that they're being taught by God, which is interesting because, again, you know, uh, we have this famous verse in the book of Jeremiah, how he says that he will give you pastors or shepherds according to his own heart and understanding. Well, what is the heart and the understanding of God? The heart of God has always been that man would personally experience him personally. And the understanding there is the revelation of how that process is experienced. And there's a lot of depth concerning that, uh, concerning Jeremiah's life. And this is perhaps for another story for another video. But Jeremiah from would have been taught how to hear the voice of God, you know. And this is a type of shepherd that God is always looking to put in place. And that is to shepherd the people and teaching them how to hear from the inner shepherd himself. Now, another reason why they can't teach you how to hear from God, just like Jesus experienced as a human being. And it's, and it's just simply this. They don't understand how the teachings of Jesus concerning the Our Father prayer that he taught, what some people refer to as the Lord's Prayer, his instruction to repent, the parables that he taught, the Beatitudes that he taught, primarily you'll see in, in the book of Matthew, his conversation that he had uh, in the book of John with uh, uh, in the book of uh, uh, John with uh, Nicodemus about his conversation about being born again, uh, his conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well that we'll find in John chapter four concerning what it means to worship God in spirit and truth. And one of the most important things that we have recorded in the scriptures uh, concerning his forty day teaching of the apostles that he gathered after his resurrection that included what we call the Great Commission and how they all point to one experience. And that is, again, experiencing the Spirit of God within the human mind as a teaching spirit for all facets of our lives. So in other words, they teach these things as standalone uh, teachings, but really they're, they're all related to the same experience. And that is, again, teaching from a different perspective, from a different recorded Bible story, but they all conclude with experiencing the ultimate form of learning, and that is learning from the Spirit of God for one's own self. And because of that, they truly don't understand what it really means. And I have a video on this alone. You're welcome to go and see this on my YouTube channel. And I also have a little bit of podcast knowledge of this as well. But the YouTube channel is probably the best way to go. I have a video on Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And this is one of the most important verses in the Bible because this is how we all begin our lives inaccurately when we're not taught and trained as a child should be on the way that we should go so that when we're old, we won't depart from it. And that word way is there, there in that verse is within. And of course, in that video, I break down the words and I show you the deeper meanings of that word where it concludes with the reality is that Jesus himself as a human being, this is why we have in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 1, I believe it is, that he's found the temple teaching at the age of 12. Well, he would have won through this process. None of this happens between the ages of 4 and 6. We as human beings should have been taught this through our parents. Of course, we don't get that kind of level of teaching. They don't teach us how to use our minds in order to uh, train our minds to experience the mind of God within as a teaching spirit at a young age because they themselves weren't taught this. And as an adult, as I mentioned to you before, Paul went back to this form of instruction after his Damascus experience. So they don't understand how to teach and, teach and train people how to go back to using the original purpose that God created the human mind. And remember, the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience his mind within it as a teaching spirit. And this is something that we should have all been learning beginning at the age between four and six, roughly, when you look at the history of how these ancient uh, cultures did this for their, their, their children, their students. So... Uh, you know, one of the statements that I have in, in my book is this, 
Herein lies a problem with many of today's traditional religious environments. When the passages on Jesus's teachings and conversations with Nicodemus and the woman at the well and other conversations that he's had with other people concerning this whole thing about hearing the voice of God, when they're taught from the philosophies and the traditions and the denominational doctors of men, they become property of humanistic specialists who teach them simply as portions of scripture to be memorized and traditional religious events to be observed. As a result, the believer's experience with God becomes paralyzed and their capacity to experience intimate connectivity with God and true transformation is hindered. That was my experience in my prior 20-year journey of being a traditional Christian. And this is what happens with most of us. So, I mean, you yourself, simply ask yourself this quick question. You know, in the ministries that I've been involved in, that I'm currently involved in, or that I was involved in my past, have they truly taught me how to hear the voice of God for every facet of my life so I can experience the Spirit of God within my mind as a teaching spirit every single day of my life? And if the answer is no, then what I read prior to this is actually in effect in your life as well as it was in mine. Now, another reason that they cannot teach you how to hear from God, just like Jesus experienced as a human being, and this is big, this is huge. They don't understand the original purpose and function of the fivefold ministry. And Ephesians 4's primary purpose statement, which is for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. You'll see that the reason why God gives us gifts is primarily for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. And remember, in the prior videos and, of course, in the books I've shared with you, that that word perfecting happens when you're being personally discipled by God within you. And that a saint, by definition, is one who has the inherent ability to recall past events. And those past events will be connected uh, with things related to the work or the services of ministry that are part of your life. In other words, there are past events that God has preordained for your life that he's already seen in your mind, in his mind, that he wants to transfer to your mind, within your mind. And these are all related to the works or the services of ministry of your life and experience that happens when God is perfecting you. That word perfecting doesn't mean flawless from a scriptural perspective. It's actually a reference to being a student of God. When you position your spirit to be a student of God, and this, of course, is most intimately and effectively experienced through this concept or through this mental practice of meditation. And this is when, uh, uh, what, what uh, King David was referring to when he said, these are the days referred to when David wrote, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And you can find that in Psalm chapter 139, verse 16. These are, in the days that he's talking about that are written in God's book, are, will contain the works of the ministry for your life. In other words, can't no human being teach you how to minister the original works of ministry that God has for your life in the most effective and the most meaningful way. Nobody can teach you how to do that except for God. I mean, think about this. If a human being doesn't know the will of God for your life, then how can they possibly teach you concerning the works of the ministry when you understand what they are? Because most people believe that the works of ministry happen under a church roof. That's not the case. Most works of the ministry happen outside of the walls of the church. This is when you become an answer to some type of world problem or problems, either in your home or your community or in the world. You know, this is when God is schooling you on the purposes for which he created you. These are things that, again, that can only be revealed through experiencing the mind of God. So most ministers don't understand Ephesians chapter 4, the totality and the depth concerning that. And this is the reason why I spent two entire chapters in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, concerning this. Because once you read those two chapters, you'll see, aha, you get this aha moment. Just like that I experienced when God taught me this, is that these people that call themselves apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, they're supposed to teach me how to experience the inner fivefold ministry of Christ. This was when God now is experienced as an apostle, as a prophet, as a pastor, as an evangelist, and as a teacher. 
within your very own mind according to function. When you understand what the functions of those are. And of course, all of that knowledge is given to you in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed. And just as a little nugget here, when you understand what the fivefold function really is, what we'll find and what you'll discover is that there were more fivefold ministers in the Old Testament than there are in the New Testament recorded. When you understand them as functions. And of course, I reveal to you all that knowledge and give you all the examples of all those people in the books. So the other, uh, and this is the foundational reason why they cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God. They don't understand the depth of the biblical concept of iniquity and its mental effect on the foundational purpose of why God created the human mind and soul, which is to experience his mind and soul within the human mind. And how many of their teachings and sermons keep the people in a constant state of iniquity without them even being aware of it. Even though it sounds all deep and spiritual and preach and teach, you know, and all these things that we hear, uh, depending on who it's coming from, you know. But the reality is, is that if what they're teaching you doesn't teach you how to go within, then I guarantee you it's affected by this diabolical mind-altering force called iniquity. Another reason why they cannot teach you how to hear the voice of God when it comes to at least the concept of meditation is that they only know meditation from what they call, referred to as meditating on the word. And what they mean is meditating on scripture versus meditating to get word, to get spoken word. A whole different concept, a whole different level of teaching, a whole different experience when you understand meditation from that perspective. So some, even if they do teach about how to meditate on the word, that's only the entry level. It's called the Haggah. Uh, some people don't, don't know what the Siak, or in other words, the other form of meditation is, and that's when you're sweeping away distractive or competing thoughts in order to experience a contemplative mindset, where now you're hearing the voice of God in your mind, and you're contemplating on that scripture. In other words, a script for your life that would be different from the scripture we find in the Bible. It will be related because God may be teaching you something in the Bible, related to something pertaining to your life. But when you're hearing the voice of God, in other words, a script for your life, you're actually experiencing the book of God for your life. Another form of scripture, that becomes a curriculum for your life. So if they don't experience the kingdom of God within themselves as an inner learning environment, how can they possibly teach you how to experience it? You know, for your own self, if they're not experiencing in that way. In other words, they're not, if they are meditating, they're meditating on scripture. You know, they're trying to extract principles and concepts. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good way of memorizing scripture. That's a good way to kind of break things down when it comes to maybe just uh, extracting some things. But meditating on scripture is not effective if you don't understand definitive root word perspectives concerning the scriptures because the Bible wasn't written in English. Bible was written, of course, in different languages, primarily Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. So if you don't understand the original words that the Bible was written in, how can you properly meditate on Scripture, not understanding the depth of the knowledge concerning those words that we find in English that have a deeper meaning when you understand their definitive root word perspectives? So again, another way, uh, uh, another reason why they cannot teach you is that if they do teach on meditation, they will only teach you meditation from meditating on Scripture, not meditating to get the script sure that it's the sure script for your life directly from the mind of God within your mind. And the same thing applies when it comes to them teaching regarding prayer. They only know prayer from a what to say perspective and application versus from a uh, how to hear the verse of God first perspective and application. So most schools, most resources, most teaching resources that teach on prayer will primarily teach you on what to say to God, you know, how to give thanks, how to ask for forgiveness, how to speak in tongues, you know, uh, how to quote certain scriptures, you know, they have these formulas, you know, they have these prayer wheels and, you know, and they have this hour of power and all these different man-made ways of using scripture. There's even some on the Our Father prayer where they'll teach you uh, what's referred to as the seven components of the Our Father prayer and teach you how to piggyback certain things related to that when, truth be told, the Our Father prayer was that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, I believe it is, uh, that really wasn't a prayer that he prayed. It was actually a template 
that he used and that was not original with him. Remember, he got that because of a, of a, a demand that was put upon him by the disciples when they said, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. So he was teaching the disciples how John the disciple was teaching his disciples to pray. And this, our father thing, and I, I revealed to you knowledge in the portion of the books in the prior videos concerning the whole our father prayer really was that was just simply a template that was used to teach a student how to experience this mind exercise of meditation and how to go within their mind in order to experience the mind of God as a teaching spirit. So I have a lot of knowledge of that concerning that process in my videos, on my YouTube channel, of course, in my books as well. So these are some of the reasons why they will not teach you. Not that we're going now from cannot to will not teach you how to hear the voice of God uh, just like Jesus experienced as a human being within his mind and how we can experience within our mind as well. Number one, and of course, he's not in the order of how they happen, but this is just how I have them noted here, is that they don't want to admit that they've been misled or limited in their spiritual training. Remember, that was Paul's experience. That was the reason why he wrote Galatians that, we, that the way he did. This is the reason why we have recordings in the book of Acts concerning him giving us the description as to why he was so off base, you know, having Christians killed and, you know, and once again, being taught by some of the best teachers in some of the best schools of his day, similar to how many ministers today go to the, what they classify as some of the best Bible colleges or being under the best mentorship or tutelage of this uh, mentor, or this spiritual advisor. But the reality is it, Paul, it falls under Paul's same exact expression of you, a person being taught according to the traditions of the men, of men, according to the rudiments of the principles of this world, and not according to Christ. When you're being taught according to Christ, you're being taught by Christ. So if a minister isn't teaching you how to experience Christ as a teacher within you, then again, then the other, the former forms of instruction apply. You're getting taught by humanistic perspectives, unfortunately. Another reason why they will not teach you how to hear from God for your own life is that they don't want to lose their influence over people. And especially, they don't want to lose their money. You know, I have this article that I wrote concerning tithing. Most ministers, when they find out that there's a deeper level of experiencing God and where people can be taught how to experience, they won't teach them that because they don't want people to know God in that way. Because then, because once they do, the people will get schooled by God as to how to do their money. And tithing, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Tithing is very biblical, but it never was and it never will be about you giving 10% of your income to a church or a ministry unless God himself instructs you within your mind to do so. What has happened with the whole doctrine concerning tithing, depending on organization, is that different scriptures have been juxtaposed, you know, have they put together to formulate doctrines to say that you're robbing God using the Malachi's and all these other verses that they use you know, that Jesus gave ties, you know, according to the order of Melchizedek and, you know, this Abraham, I should say, and all this other stuff, you know, and once again, to formulate a doctrine to make a person believe that you're supposed to give 10% of your income to the church. Uh, and that's very inaccurate. You know, I, I don't tithe. I haven't been tithing for about 10 years. And my, everything in my life has prospered. You know, I haven't been cursed. If anything, I've been blessed, you know, because now I understand the original function and purpose of the tithes. And by the way, for those of you who want extra knowledge in this, I will send you two free PDF file books, just message me through Facebook or or you know, send me your email address through uh, my website. You can contact me at julio at julioalvaradojr.com and I'll send you two books for free concerning tithing. And once you read those two books and you'll see what tithing is all about, uh, then you'll understand that really if you're a tither and you're giving your money away to the church as I was, um, then uh, you need to rethink the way you give, you know, and the only way you should be giving exact amount, 10% of your income to a church, if a God tells you to within your mind, then that's, that's the way. But accurate giving to a ministry is really found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And I won't go into the depths of that, but this is when, if you're, if you're hearing from God, if you're, if you're experiencing God, then God should be teaching you what to give as well. How much to give, why to give it, where to give it. That's what makes you a cheerful giver. That's when you're giving ungrudgingly, as 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, because that's how I give now. My wife and I, we give accurately. In other words, when God talks to us and tells us, give to this event, give to this person, give to this people group, to this orphan group, or to this widow group, or whoever it is, that's when we're using our money accurately according to his instruction. So that's another reason why. 
They won't teach you how to hear from God. They don't want to lose your money. Uh, and they want you, of course, to support their vision versus teaching you how to accurately seek first your own. One of the definitions for the word seek that Jesus used when he said seek first the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God is within you, is that the word definition, one of the definitions there is to bring in the eyes of God. And what that definition is reveals is that when you truly experience the mind of God within your mind, in other words, when you're experiencing the kingdom of God within as a learning environment within your mind, God gives you vision for your own life. And I'm telling you, majority of the times it's probably not going to be related to a pastor's vision concerning how to build his or her ministry. So they want you to support their ministry, but they won't teach you how to envision experience your own vision from God so that you can financially and other resource ways support the vision that God has for your life. Another reason why they won't teach you how to hear the voice of God is because they have to be the smartest or the most spiritual person in the room. All revelation must come from them. And I experienced this personally back when I was an elder and a pastor leader in a number of different ministries and different organizations and all of that, I mean, behind those closed doors, I mean, you hear a lot of garbage, you know, a lot of chaos and discord, you know, uh, and I'm just going to be real and honest with you. And a lot of times uh, I personally experience this, you know, when I would bring out, you know, when I was going through my whole journey of hearing the voice of God, and I, you know, I would say, this is what God is telling us to do here, you know, and, you know, the pastor would shoot me down, you know, who do you know, unless God says it to me, it ain't supposed to happen here. And everything that I talked about was Hey, let's teach people how to hear from God. Let's do this for ourselves, you know. And I would get rebuked and talked about and, you know, and, and um, you know, enough said type of stuff, you know. And the reason is because, you know, this pastor had this prideful mindset. And again, I, I, I've experienced this numerous times when I was just blown away. Here I am, an elder supposed to help support this man and woman uh, uh, from this ministry and, and, and be a counsel to them. But yet when my counsel came the, from the perspective of, hey, we got to go deeper. We need to understand what iniquity is. We need to teach prayer from how to hear the voice of God perspective. We need to take the words of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God, uh, for the kingdom of God is in you and understand that it's an inner learning environment. This is what we should be teaching the people to experience. A lot of that conversation from me was not welcome in those types of meetings. And the reason why is because, again, they had this plateau or this high mindset that actually was rooted in pride where they themselves had to be the most spiritual or the smartest person in the room. And they believed that no revelation that that ministry received when it comes from God, that it should come from no other source unless it came through them. Huge mistake. I've seen a lot of ministries lose a lot of great people because of that mindset alone. Again, as I mentioned before, one of the reasons why they will not teach you how to hear the voice of God is because they truly don't know how to teach and train people how to hear according to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Again, go and watch that video that I have on that alone and you'll understand what I mean by this. So, uh, and one of the reasons why I bring that out is because in my opinion, the most important ministry in any church ministry is the children's ministry. They are the most teachable body or groups of people in a ministry because they haven't been indoctrinated. They're willing to learn. They ask questions. Remember the art of asking questions from the prior videos about the videos that I have concerning how to discern the voice of God. How the, uh, when you understand and, and hear the voice of God, how when you learn how to ask questions and how that creates dialogue between you and God. Well, they don't teach their students. They don't teach the people how to, they don't teach the kids how to do it. You know, if anything, they're teaching them stories about Abraham and, you know, and all these little crafts and creating all these pretty, pretty crosses and all these different things. Those are all nice things. But the reality is the most important ministry in any church is actually the children's ministry, believe it or not. And one day, maybe I'll, I'll do a video on that alone. And the reason why it's the most important is because they're, most, they're the most teachable. And how we're supposed to become a, a teachable as children, according to Matthew chapter 18's uh, Jesus' own words, that we must become like little children. Otherwise, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember what Jesus was teaching when those deep revelation of what those words I expressed to you before in the prior videos. He was referring to experiencing the mind of God within the heavenly environment, within our mind, which he also referred to as the kingdom of God. So in other words, Jesus was saying that even as an adult, this is what happened to Paul, you have to go back and become childlike in your learning. It's one of the most important aspects of learning how to meditate that I share with you in the prior videos. You have, you have to have a childlike mindset. In other words, willing to learn, willing to erase all indoctrination in order to be personally indoctrinated by God. And of course, 
one of the big reasons why they will not teach you how to hear the voice of God is because they themselves are not hearing from God. And doesn't it make sense, as I mentioned to you before, if they're hearing from God, wouldn't God be telling them, hey, teach them how to hear from me, how you're hearing and learning from me. So if you're not getting that level of teaching from your minister, doesn't matter who it is, how popular they are, how many ministries, how many radio programs, how many books they've written, then you're being duped. You're being limited. And, and they might not be doing it intentionally. It's, it's just, again, their style of ministry. Now, let me go into some of the other reasons why they will not teach you how to hear from God, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being and how we are inherently equipped and have the inherent right to experience the same. And that is found, again, going back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. They focus on the word some, where it says how God gave gifts, some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists, some teachers. Uh, they focus on that word some to mean like some people are this, some people are that. They don't understand the other two perspectives of the word some that I reveal in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed. And then the two other perspectives are this, that one person can function and give you some of each of the five functions. And that the other sum or the other function of the word sum comes from the inner fivefold ministry of Christ. This is when the spirit of Christ or the spirit of God is actually functioning as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a pastor, and as a teacher within your very own spirit. And of course, I give you all the details and knowledge about how that all works through these other resources that I've been mentioning concerning my books and my videos on prior teachings that I have concerning that. And of course, along with that, their religious titles keep them from experiencing the authentic and most effective fivefold application that leads you to experience the fivefold ministry of God's Spirit. And that is, again, because of titles. So what I mean by that is that if they believe that they're a pastor, then that's all they're going to do is function in the role of what they believe is a shepherd. But they won't function as a, of a prophet or an evangelist or as a teacher. You know, in the most definitive root word perspective of the original meaning of the word. And anyone that is truly being called by God to teach and train people on spirituality, especially when the Bible is the main resource of teaching, truth be told, they're all five folk ministers. They all have apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher within them when they understand the totality of what they really are. But their titles keep them from experiencing God as a teaching spirit, and they keep you from being taught from those five functions because they only focus on their title. They don't function on the functions of each one, which they all are inherently equipped. And once again, those are those that are you know, what I classify as truly ordained by God, because truth be told, most pastors, prophets, teachers, and pastors, I mean, most fivefold ministers, I'm just laid out here, are not really ordained by God. They're ordained by themselves or their ministries or, you know, they have desire, but ones that are truly ordained by God are actually being taught by God. And that's just my opinion. Now, Jesus, of course, taught against using religious titles. And you'll find this in Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. This is when he said, but you do not be called rabbi. Remember what a rabbi is. It's a teacher. And he says the reason for that is for one is your teacher. And who's the teacher? The Christ. Remember I've been telling you before, not according to Christ. In other words, in Christ, you're experiencing Christ, your Messiah within. As your teacher, then you are actually experiencing the Spirit of God, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being. And Jesus went on that same uh, teaching, says, do not call anyone on this earth your spiritual father or mother. Don't call them your father. And we have a lot of this. My spiritual father is so-and-so. My spiritual mother is so-and-so. I used to do it because that's how I was trained to do, you know, based off of the mentorship programs that I was in, is that, you know, this is, you know, you're under this authority. And this, But yet Jesus, when you understand the deeper meaning of Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 through 10, he says that one is your father. He who's in heaven, and where is heaven? Within the mind, in the kingdom of God. And so that's the reason why he says, do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher. Again, he repeats it. And who is that teacher? Christ. So if your human form of fivefold minister isn't teaching you how to experience Christ within you as your ultimate fivefold minister, then one of the reasons why is because psychologically you set that person up as a, uh, as a veil for lack of a better expression, as a uh, blockage 
as a hindrance from you experiencing the mind of God within your mind because you're always experiencing the human mind according to their instruction, according to their teachings. And I have a lot more deeper concepts and understanding concerning what I just shared with you about the psychological veil that happens and the reason why even in the book of Isaiah, God even says, don't call them your teachers. There's only one covering and that covering is Christ. And of course, that's for another episode. More knowledge about that, of course, you can find that in the resources that I've mentioned numerous times already. And as I mentioned to you before, all true authentic five-fold ministers are really all five. There are apostles, they are, they are prophets, they are the evangelist, pastor, and a teacher when they understand the, the function of each one. And so you know, another thing that we understand about that is that if they understood what the function of a true apostle was, which is simply defined as a sent messenger, we'll see that when you understand the in-depth teaching that Jesus uh, had with the, for the 40 days in the book of Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, according to the apostles that he gathered, what you understand that those apostles, because of their teaching of what Jesus taught and what they experienced, also had a subsequent flow and function of a prophet, of an evangelist, of a pastor, and a teacher. This is something that Jesus himself was experiencing as a human being. So when Jesus came back for those 40 days and, and he gathered his apostles, he was teaching them how to experience what he himself as a human being was, was experiencing while he was on this earth. So this is like God coming back down in his resurrected state, teaching the apostles how to teach the people how to experience him personally. And this is something that, once again, we've lost based off of the lesser understanding of what these deeper meanings of these teachings that Jesus offered and that what we see in scripture, you know, what they really mean and what they should ultimately uh, uh, result in as far as our experience in the spirit of God within us as, again, as a father guiding and as a teaching spirit. And that, you know, even in, those, in that reading, we're in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 9 through 19 through 20, uh, where we're talking about what we call the great commission. You know, this is where Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, observing them or teaching them to observe the things all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, even in those statements. In other words, teach them what I just taught you. And what does it mean to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Some people just believe that's a baptismal ceremony, but there's a deeper application. When you're immersed in a baptismal state, when you're immersed in a level of teaching that when the mind of God is teaching you, you're experiencing an immersion of instruction that comes from the name, which is experiencing God as a father, as a redeemer, that's where the son comes, and primarily as a teaching spirit. That's the really the triune function of experiencing the name or the baptism of the name. So there's a deeper application and a perspective concerning that, of course, that I have in my books. So all of that to culminate this episode with some final thoughts that you'll see. Some of this is recorded in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed. And that is, is it wrong to question the authenticity and the effectiveness of many of today's current religious systems? The answer to that is no, we must, especially when considering the magnitude of what's at stake. All the greatest religious figures in history did it, even Jesus did. Providing constructive criticism is an important part of the human improvement process. When God inspired me to write this three-book series, it never was and still isn't my intention to destructively criticize Christendom for the lack of understanding concerning the topics found within them. I do also not wish to add controversies surrounding them, especially regarding the content found in the book related to the one that I wrote concerning the kingdom of God within as the meeting ground where we can experience the spirit of God within our very own minds as a father and as a God and as a teaching spirit, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being. Julio has simply been commissioned by God to simply share another perspective concerning them. I don't claim to be a Bible expert. I don't preach, nor do I teach truth as other spiritual teachers claim. But what I do is I preach and teach so that others may learn to hear and learn from the human, the purest and most uh, most effective form of truth, which is the language of God within their very own souls. My only claim and proficiency 
is that I have discovered a key of knowledge form of biblical study that when viewed and applied through the lens of the foundational purpose of the written word and coupled with the mental practice of, and of, of meditation, are ultimately purpose to experience the spoken word of God within our very own mind and souls. And because of this, I am personally under the conviction that if the Bible is inspired by God, which is a belief that is held historically and universally amongst Christians, and if man or woman is intended to live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, according to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, then the very teachings of Scripture constitute a revelation. Scripture's primary purpose has to be used only as a key of knowledge, teaching resource, to teach people how to hear and learn from God, just like Jesus experienced it as a human being. If the Scriptures are being used for any other reason than man-made doctrines, philosophies, and religious practices are being taught, Although they may be valuable in many respects and in varying degrees, these cannot compare to the infinite wealth of knowledge that comes directly from the mouth of God that can only be experienced within his kingdom that he has inherently and strategically placed within our minds and within our souls. So I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you. Again, I'll put the show notes to the longer version that I have. It's actually an older version that I have where you can see the slides and I have other things that I share uh, concerning this whole thing about the reasons why most churches cannot or will not teach you how to hear the voice of God. You can find it on my YouTube channel and in the show notes, I'll put that link there for you if you want to go and take this a little bit further than what you've experienced here with me through my new God in You podcast. So again, I hope that this uh, episode was a blessing to you. And as always, remember that God is already within you. And the greatest learning environment that you can ever experience on this life uh, and this, on this earth is already inherently placed within you. And that place Jesus referred to as a secret place. He referred to as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And when you experience it, what you experience is, as my podcast is described, you experience God in you as your very own father, as your very own God, and most importantly, as a teaching spirit for every facet of your life. So until the next episode, I pray this episode has been a blessing to you. Stay encouraged. Mm -hmm.